0: All this time, partner, everything you've done, everything you've said,
1: I've heard all about.
0: So you've made some remarks in the past about when is Papa Fritz going to be here. Papa Fritz is here.
2: I am Pete Schumacher, and I'm, of course, joined by the lads, Johnny Sorrow, and Kelly Nelson. Kelly, how you doing, my man?
3: <laughs> doing great, buddy. It's great. That's awesome,
2: awesome, I mean, awesome. What a, long, what, a,
3: what a long, strange trip it's been. Hey, hasn't it? it a... Hasn't it? I mean, it's a show. We, you <laughs> oh, <know>. sorry. <laughs> yeah, I stole Johnny's line. Oh, well.
2: Well well. You know Johnny's best being plagiarized anyway.
1: Johnny, how you doing, man?
0: <laughs> I guess that's a compliment. Hey, long as, as long as someone's paying attention, as, if someone wants to plagiarize me, knock yourself out. I'll consider it a compliment. I'm doing okay. I, it's been a crazy fucking month. And you know, I know Kelly wanted to get this out a little earlier, but I had a major disaster. Uh, for those of you guys who gals and who listen to uh, Gideon guys and know the story, but, but my apartment flooded. So what, we're getting it done. I'm in the garage. You, a lot of you longtime listeners. And when we announced that this la, the last one was coming up, a lot of longtime listeners came out of their Twitter shadows and started saying a lot of really nice things. And a lot of these people have been listening to us for the last seven yeah. years, some form or another, all the way back to Titans. And mm-hmm. so, so for those listeners, you, you know this garage, but you're more used to it in the middle of the night <laughs>
1: so
2: he's back folks good
0: to be back here
2: but man uh uh it's you know it's i guess you know it's sad to say this and i don't mean it to be funny but it's kind of poetic that we're ending a world-class show on a, a death of, uh, of of a world-class performer in uh, kamala james harris uh yeah. you know the you know the probably the most trending thing in world class most famous thing is the deaths in the territory but Kamala wasn't one of the guys who you know was known as a drug user it had nothing to do with that his uh,
0: oh, old man with the diabetes who caught yes. covid i mean it's a, it's terrible yeah it's a it's terrible not, way it, It's in, and it is a tragedy in its own way of course especially yeah. I'm not going to get political about it but yeah okay you know precautions need to be made and it's stuff in these clinics um and uh but he's not a tragedy. He's a success story.
2: Oh, for sure. For sure. He's a guy. I thought he understood the gimmick, played his gimmick, was great at his gimmick. I thought he was an outside contender for like the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Felt I don't know if he got into the WWE Hall of Fame. I don't think he did. And he's a character that really should. No. He, you know, he drew big money with Hogan there, drew money with Andre there. Drew big money, drew good money with the Von Eriks in Texas, drew big money in Mid-South with Junk Dog and Butch Reed, and even, I think believe, Dick Murdoch. He's a guy who was perfect for the territory. You come in, you build him up, have a run for like six months, three to six months, Asta, and boom, drew big money. Um, and he was just a character. I mean, if you ever saw him, you always remember about the, the, the speck in the belly, uh, he always had a manager And, and, and usually Friday with him uh, It was just He was a guy He was really one of my He was really one of, the, one of my favorite uh, characters in wrestling When it really come, Push comes a shove A guy who People don't really talk enough about it Because it's He's not work rate in the sense of what work rate is But he's a guy who understood how to work And knew what he needed to do uh, You know and and he was unique and there wasn't i mean people there have been some copies of him but nothing even came close to the original and stuff and and heck even in memphis he drew money with jerry lawler i mean it's just the dude every time he went and worked on top he pretty much drew really good money and then you you see stuff like it's funny like we watched him in world class and and they just booked him just shit so bad but if you go to mid-south and watch bill watts on commentary put this guy over it's a whole different animal. Uh, I'm getting a guy over. I'm getting that character over. and He was a guy who I really, really, uh, really thought uh, highly of uh, as a character in the world of wrestling. Uh, Johnny, what about you, man?
0: Oh, well, I love Kamala. Everyone who listens to anything we ever do know how much I love Kamala. And and first, I want to address the whole work rate thing and what that means. I'm like, to me, number number one mr harris was amazingly athletic for a man his size he could do that jump up and touch his toes and and do that spot and shit he was a giant man you know and his work rate was to portray this character which and this you know this came up of course you know the fact that the, the character is racist and First of all, that picture you sent of his funeral, where Mm -hmm. they have his mask out there, that's the family's choice, okay? So that's telling me they didn't think it was racist, or if they did, let's say they did, because at its core, it was. It was a racist gimmick that Lawler came up with. But Jim Harris took that character and took it places and made it to where... It is for me personally, it escaped. And as a white guy, I know what I'm saying. This how this comes out off, but this is just how I feel. I think he it, it eclipsed the racist stuff because he was so committed to the character that you thought he was real. You thought that that that, that you know everyone else is fake, but this guy, you know, he seems real. You know, it you know, he seems like he really could be just this, this this savage warrior from the jungle. He played it perfectly perfectly and whether or not he's getting squashed by von erichs you know ridiculously and uh, or used well by vince and watts and uh and men and memphis you know he he also kept evolving it he kept evolving the character in little subtle ways when he needed to be more funny he was funny at the end of his career he was doing stuff where kamala sings coming out in a tuxedo and singing and and stuff because he had a great singing voice and (laughs) uh and he kept it going and kept it going and just embraced it and made it his own. And I think that it, that eclipses its racist origins. And especially if you see the families celebrating his greatest role, he's an actor. He was, these guys are actors. And he took a role that could have easily been terrible and made it amazing because you're right there. Remember the other Kamala too, and all of a sudden, and those guys all see him. Giant
2: Kamala, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: there, was, there were Kamalas in the... Before there were doinks in, in the Indies, there were Kamalas <laughs> in the Indies. There, there was, and they, they would just spell it with an I and shit. And, yep. Uh, and they all look <laughs> amazingly racist because I didn't actually believe any of them were a Ugandan warrior chief, but Jim Harris made me believe he was a Ugandan warrior chief. So... And he had, just as far as matches go with him, I loved his matches with Hogan in 80, that, that was 87, right? Six. 86. Well,
3: yeah, end of, eight, end of 86, beginning of 87. Yeah,
0: 86. I love those matches. But... I, I yeah. love the, the ones from, I, I saw from on the MSG network. And when Hogan came out with his face paint on to fight Kamala in the rematch, I was like, that's <laughs> fucking cool. You know, they that. It was a really bloody one too. I don't know if it was. For oh that. yeah,
2: no. And the, oh, let me touch on that real quick, John. To pull the curtain back, I was working on. The, uh, a couple of us were working on putting out a Crockett set and then refurnishing the WWF 80 set. That's not going to happen. But uh, we did work on it, and I can tell you there was quite a bit of Kamala and Hogan nominated
0: nice.
1: uh,
2: matches and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, which mm-hmm. would they would have gone on the new set proper?
0: Nice. That's awesome, Kelly. I know you gotta love them too.
3: Oh yeah, and I mean, speaking of the Hogan matches, like about oh six, seven years ago, I started to really. I went through a ton of Hogan matches from the '80s, and and the matches he had with Kamala were amongst my favorites for sure. Really good. Hogan was was perfect in in those matches too, but yeah, Kamala was was great. Um, those are really, really fun. The ones from MSG, and there's at least one from Boston that's really good, like Pete mentioned. And yeah, uh, when I was a kid, though, like I got into wrestling right at the point when Kamala returned to the WWF, pretty much, like within a month or so. And I was scared of him. He was he, you know, Like I believed he was obviously a real character, this monster. You know, a lot of people talk about Abdullah the Butcher being someone that was real to them. But, you know, I couldn't see Abby. I don't know, like I could see pictures in the mags, but no no footage at the time. So for me, Kamala was the real deal. And I've referenced uh, this before, the the magazine cover, mm-hmm. the sports review wrestling with with the awesome Photoshop of Hogan's head on Kamala's spear, which was so memorable. And I think it was one my dad even like hesitated. You know, one of the few ones my dad hesitated <laughs> buying for me because of it was so like that violent cover with the blood and stuff. You didn't see that much anymore in the 80s. That was more of a 70s thing with the bloody magazine covers. Yeah, you know, um, I don't have yeah, any ink. So I, don't have any I,
0: ink. In. I don't have any ink. But if I did, yeah. it'd be that. It'd be Kamala with Hogan's bloody head on his spear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember. I remembered seeing because I used to get them in the mail or get him on the the newsstand. I was a little older than you. I was allowed to just buy. Whatever what i wanted and i remember seeing that that seeing that on the newsstand and being like what the fuck <laughs> they couldn't wait to get that home
3: yeah yeah so from a young age yeah i was impressed or whatever you want to call what with kamal and then in um, an older age definitely um appreciate him he's just super underrated and yeah he's he's someone people need to check out great great performer great gimmick you know, say what you will, in 2020, that gimmick doesn't uh, look too great through modern eyes, but I mean, he totally embraced it and made it work. And yeah, they'll never do anything like that again, obviously. But in, in the time period, we can only judge it, I think, by the Maybe and yeah, of course it was racist as fuck in the eighties, <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, it was it was a different time. but It was still
2: yeah, exactly. It was a different time, and and you looked at wrestling different. It wasn't nearly as yeah. uh, PC, if if you will. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. And 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 there's so much other ridiculously obvious racist shit from the early time periods that yeah. Kamala, to our eyes, is like, oh, no, that's good. He, I, I kind of believe him. Uh, but because but we were also surrounded with a lot of actually racist shit. Yeah. That we, and we knew what we were seeing on wrestling. I mean, I, I remember seeing those Ric Flair promos that, that kind of went a little... You know, oh, these kind of people only shine my shoes and stuff. I was like, oh boy. Yeah. You know, you know we were hearing shit like that. So Kamala, to us, felt progressive.
1: I
3: don't know. <laughs> That's good enough. <laughs>
1: If I couldn't tell Well, you thank you for your boots on right And wear your hat so well So to me, my laughter As I sure do understand Even Moses got excited When he saw the promised land that's right, you're not in Texas, that's right, you're not from Texas, that's right, you're not in Texas. Texas
0: won't you anyway, that's right,
3: you're not in Texas, that's right, you're not in Texas, that's right, you're not
0: in Texas, Texas won't you
3: anyway. So Kelly. Okay. This is our last uh, show, yeah. man. Uh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will take over now. Um you know, yeah, this is a different, of course, than a regular worldcast cast. We're not reviewing any matches. We're going out. Um, this is like an epilogue. Just uh, want to come to some conclusions, maybe. Having a, a party. Bow, <laughs> having a party. Put a bow on this whole three years of, of watching world-class TV. And and yeah, it's going to be a loose little little discussion. I thought we could start with maybe going over some of our favorite performers favorite wrestlers you know just ones that we want to spotlight they don't have to be like the ones that are considered the best or whatever just the ones that uh, made us smile and that we look forward to watching so i'll start with you pete pete which uh, which guys did you really or girls of course did you did he's you really get, you know love watching on a weekly basis
2: he's trying to get you to say something. <laughs> for me chris adams growing up was my guy and yeah. he didn't disappoint me he was one of my favorites if not my favorite guy watching it in hindsight i mean in now um yeah. i loved his stuff with jimmy garvin jimmy garvin was a shining star in the territory and it might it might be because they weren't put front and center and and they didn't get a chance to really uh like the free bird feud was just dragging and dragging and i mean it was it was hot and awesome
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they produced a lot of great matches drew a lot of money but you know the moments were it was almost like they're it felt like the nwo in a way where mm-hmm. you know now yeah. we have wolfpack and no oh, we have wolfpack and black and white and B Team yeah. and you know it we weren't adding people like that, but it was... Uh, yeah,
0: I get your vibe, Pete. I know what you're yeah. saying. You're like, that's how I felt about the NWO. And it, that's that, that's a great, great comparison. I'm glad you thought of that, man. Because that, that yeah, really puts it into a modern perspective. Because I loved the NWO and everything at first. And then just like, every week, this is the same shit. It's the yeah. same shit. It's the same shit. And that's what led me to go, well, I, my wife is saying, choose one. I, I'm going to go watch fucking Mick Foley. So, sorry.
2: Right, and you know, and uh, so I mean, yeah. This, so, guy, but I still love the Freebirds and and, and uh, Von Eric Few. Don't get me wrong. Oh no, it uh, was great. They had a lot of great moments. It just felt like once that Carrie Hayes loser leave town cage match, that should have been it. It should, have nothing more. I mean, and then they should have had a, maybe a blow off in the tag for the, the other two, it, it, but it kept on coming mm-hmm. and coming and coming, uh, and it was like, it's like, come on guys, you guys need to pivot and. Uh, come up with something new and fresh um i always loved carrie von eric i mean i love i mean we you got. i love to hate his promos i uh i <laughs> oh, loved his too. athleticism i loved his look uh, he had a rock star vinnie barbarino are about him <laughs> um so uh, th- th- those are the three guys i really like michael Hayes' promo stood out terry gordy having a bump and do everything for kevin von eric uh I lost, you know, when I did the Death Valley Driver eighty seconds. I was really into Kevin, but the more I started watching Kevin, the more he's like the dude just potatoes the shit out of people. He's actively dangerous uh, in the ring, where (laughs) you you shouldn't want to work with him. I mean, and we'll we'll, we'll probably hit on it later. Like for me, his best feud ever. (laughs) His best feud ever was with Chris Adams because Chris Adams didn't mind potating him the fuck back and uh, would go with him. Well. The other guys were a little hesitant because, hey, this is the promoter's son. Uh, uh, but yeah, he it, it almost—I mean, I, I mean—watching Kevin work Terry Gordy, you get sympathy for Terry Gordy because he just no, you know, that shit's got to hurt. Um, you
0: all, know, about it.
2: Those are the, those are the things that really um, stood out for me. I enjoyed Iceman Parsons' his charisma. Uh, it's a shame he didn't really mm-hmm. get any bigger anywhere else. Because he felt like he was a good enough worker, had enough charisma, uh, where he could have got a little taste in some other territories. I always joked uh, later on when uh, him and um, a Brickhouse Brown became the Blackbirds. I really wanted to see a feud with him in the versus the Fantastic. Speaking of racist gimmicks. Um, wanted to see them work the Fantastics. I think that would have been a great, great uh, feud. I think him and Brickhouse going to, could have done well going to go different territories as a heel tag team. Uh, <clears throat> but those are the ones that really, really stood out to me. Uh, I, I didn't. I don't think we saw the best of Terry Gordy. It felt like he almost was like kind of having to slum it down. No. Uh, did the, the work with Kevin. He became more of a bumping guy. Uh, we didn't get to see Ass kicker Terry Gordy, which we know exists out there. Like UWF Terry Gordy is, I love UWF Terry Gordy. Um, but world class Terry Gordy. And and yeah, it's one of his, you know, the Freebirds versus Von Eric is probably one of his all time greatest feuds. But it almost felt like he had to slum it down to work with Kevin. and and uh, But David it seemed like the brother who knew how to do a little bit of everything right while Kevin. I, I don't know. Kevin was just dangerous, but Carrie had everything that could have been a mega star, but those are the ones that really, uh, really stood out, uh, stood out to me.
3: <coughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Adams and Garvin, that feud was, was great. Um, I think like the birds and Von Erichs, like what we saw, we saw the best part of that whole feud and the, the beginning with the, the Christmas night cage match with Carrie and flair is so legendary and then you like you said the loser leaves town at the thanksgiving star wars in 83 with um carry and michael hayes was yeah. awesome and there was some really great tags so i mean i'd be hard pressed to say uh adams and garvin was better than that part of the the von eric's birds feud but you know like you guys said about the nwo it after eighty four, it keeps going and going. It's still going. I think they they restarted again in nineteen eighty eight, kind of right. So oh, yeah, no, just, yeah, it, I know, and then uh,
2: yeah, no, it's 88, uh, 89. I mean, they've uh, I think in eighty six they're back. Okay, too. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, I mean they're, there's like three or four iterations yeah. of this feud.
3: Yeah, it was even more overdone than the NWO. (laughs) But I mean, WCW went out of business before they could keep going. But um, yeah, it is. But Adams and Garvin was great. I think we saw definitely the best Jimmy Garvin ever was was Mm -hmm. uh, in '83 and into '84. And I think uh, we really because afterwards, the AWA. Yeah, we did. I'm sure we did multiple times. Um, yeah. cause yeah, the AWA run for him was kind of there. And yeah. then, um, slowly after that, he, I mean, I guess he had a good baby face run in Crockett. It was um, brief, dude. Or some it was, memorable stuff. Maybe. Yeah. Not great one. yeah, it was brief. Yeah. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy. Garvin, uh, and then there's the yeah. terrible second Freebirds team oof, <laughs> with Michael. Oof, Hayes yeah. that We don't oof. want to talk about.
0: Oof. I can't even, I, there's a lot of bad shit that i can look back and find some fun in i can't watch that fucking wcw and i don't know, i don't blame jimmy garvin but i was like this is what's what is, this is the fucking freebirds? what the fuck is this you know we're actual rock stars you know trying to sing songs and shit it's so <laughs> yeah, it's
2: so, so they were yeah their best so, best thing yeah. when wcw was pretty much letting the steiners throw them around and stuff yeah. that was bad
0: I mean, they had a couple. They had, they'd have a handful of, of decent matches. They yeah, some,
2: yeah, I know, I know. They yeah. had some decent matches with the Young Pistols or the yeah, Southern yeah. Boys. The Midnight Express, of course, had a good match or a good match or two with them. I mean, I
0: love, I love. Speaking of racism in wrestling, I love that someone at Turner finally like took a look at the Southern boys and went, you got to change this motherfucker. What, yeah. are, what are you doing? <laughs> These con- Confederate soldiers? What the fuck are you doing? And then now they're the young pistols.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and they're from suddenly from Wyoming, right? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> out
0: of your fucking mind? What's wrong with you? <laughs>
3: uh, someday we'll do a podcast about that maybe like 20 years in the future for mm. Life. Um
0: Don't count. Huh? So
3: Johnny, Johnny, who are your, your faves? I think I know one for sure.
0: Um, You know, I, I might not even say it because everything, it's all just it, because this was just the weekly Saturday morning TV, even though it had good matches for the most part, you know, there wasn't, the, you know, just jobber matches like WWF was when I was growing up and so much you know, other wrestling was, but even that can get old, you know, because you're, you're seeing the same guys wrestle all the time. Yeah. Over and over. Because we said that – I have a fondness for 82 with that limited roster of, like, 12 guys, maybe. 12, 11. And yeah, and, and it was the, the fucking shits. And, the I mean, the announcing was – there was the original announcer whose name I forget who was fucking terrible and old. Gene – Gene Goodson, Gene Goodson, and then it switched over to Saldi. No, then they had a rotating cast.
3: Merth. Yeah, yeah. And while well, Goodson had a different color guy every week, remember? Yeah, all it right. Kevin, Kevin Von Erich, Fritz, um, uh, Armand Hussein was yeah. horrible. Uh, Fritz. Oh yeah, they had they, um,
2: Al Madrill was one of the better ones, wasn't he? <laughs> the drill.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good old Al was one of the better ones. And then it was Mercer solo. And then not long after that, Saldi came in. And that we went for a good four or five months, I think, that team.
0: The redemption of Jay Saldi is one of my favorite stories that we concocted on this <laughs> show. Because remember, because he was terrible, but he kept bringing up all those names of people who were coming. It was Remember, it was clear he yeah. read wrestling, it was clear he read the magazines. For, for his information, because he was saying shit right. I that you, you gotta read the aftermags to know this shit. He, he that's what he's talking yeah. about. You
2: know, yeah. when you think about it, he was the original Mongo McMichael as a commentator. Yeah, yeah,
0: but with more yeah, actual
2: without becoming a wrestler. Yeah,
0: yeah, but 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 at least he did his research. Yeah, how do you research wrestling? I'm gonna read me the I'm gonna read the magazines, and he's that's out what
2: there. It yeah, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Yeah.
0: yeah, Sports Review Wrestling, all of the shit, and he's out there fucking. Talking about, you know, never, because because the Von Eriks were heels in in Florida. And he didn't need to bring that up because not that many people actually read the magazine. He just constantly is like, you might hear about them being heels in Florida. Fake news. Fake (laughs)
2: news. Yeah, he, might have, he probably marked out when he met after Napolitano for the I'm first time. I'm sure he time, did.
0: You know? I'm sure he did. But And we used to shit on him completely. But I remember right before he left, he was announcing, and he was announcing like a man who didn't give a shit and was kind of like criticizing certain <laughs> things and pointing out yeah. things that didn't make sense. And he was <laughs> gone the next week. And I was like, that's. Yeah. I loved I, I fell in love with Jay Saldi. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually I hated him at first but because then, then we just got stuck with fucking Mercer the entire time mm. and he is the worst.
2: I and mean, well let's get back to Saldi really real worst. quick. What was kind of funny is you know like in the originally like in the dirt sheets they all hated uh Judge- Crockett Jr. David, David Crockett.
3: David
2: uh, oh, was, I remember hating him too.
3: David Crockett.
2: Yeah, when I, when but I, I
0: love was, him now, yeah. I, I I remember we would shit on David Crockett. Me and Joey would watch it, and we were like, oh, Crockett, he's the fucking worst. Uh, he's the fucking worst. But we look back on it now, and I was like, yeah, oh, he, was, he was great, you know. He
2: was yeah. full, he was now, full now of shit." Now, what excitement. everyone was saying about Crockett in the sheets was what they should have been saying about saldi uh-huh yeah and they might yeah. have i mean i just don't i don't remember yeah although although uh, I that still... would have been
3: yeah that would have been pre-observer i think yeah yeah totally. Maybe when he might uh, be doing yeah. the
2: observer uh, like quarterly or whatever
3: once a year i think just annually yeah. yeah
2: there we go but no dude
0: i still every time i see nikita cola uh, fucking russian sickle his fucking head off in that interview uh-huh. i cheer because i remember watching that live as a teenager when he When he did that to David Crockett, I jumped up and cheered in my living room. Yeah. (laughs) Shut that little motherfucker up, (laughs) Nikita. I thought that was awesome. It was awesome. But back to this show. Oh, my favorites you know i, I did I, mr ebony i remember loving mr ebony when he <laughs> Tom showed Jones, up
1: right yeah.
0: yeah when he showed yeah, yeah, up um, they neutered all of his coolness by getting rid of his matching red uh, disco pants and he had blue disco pants with red tights and it just looked <laughs> shitty i was like uh, okay because he wasn't mr. great a ring. man yeah because he wasn't great in the ring but he had a great look and then the look was ruined and i'm like okay and th- that rotating bunch of weirdos in, in Devastation Incorporated version <laughs> <Yeah>. one.
3: Mongol. <laughs>
0: Mongol. The fucking Mongol. Mongol. Holy shit. The Mongol.
3: Boris, Boris Zerkoff. Boris <laughs> I think how, they, yeah, how they pronounce it in Russia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but I'm also yeah, like, God damn it. I hate the fucking Mongol. But deep down, like I love the Mongol every week. Cause it gives me a chance to fucking make fun of the fucking Mongol. Uh, <laughs> which is fine. And then there was like, I, don't know, I, I loved the free birds at first and I just got really tired of them. I just got tired of them. I got tired of them and I got tired of the Von Erics. I just got tired of them. I'm like, God, they're all over this all the time. And it all just starts blending together. So I tend to, to, let me look at the ancillary characters and they're sort of rotating. I loved Bundy originally, that whole Bundy thing. He was from Alaska yeah. and he just wanted money and, you know, and all that shit. And he had the rope belt. And his yeah. But he and had his transformation and hair, you know, I loved that. I thought that was fun. Um, we shit on Fritz a lot, but every time Fritz was involved in an angle, I loved it. I love, I, I thought he was, cause he was great in those. He's got, he, you know, he's a piece of shit, but he's good at the, his
2: <laughs> art. Believable promo. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: yeah. know,
3: oh, great promo.
0: It's, You know, the only thing that the kids didn't inherit was promo skills. You know, like, (laughs) that's that's just it. But, and then I'll I'll defend Kevin to my dying day. And after watching this, I'll defend him even more because, like, you mentioned. Well, yeah, yeah, well, that's great, too. But you mentioned that when Adam started being like, you want to fucking stiff me, motherfucker? Here, how about this? And Kevin was like, oh, yeah, man, that's that's how I like it. I wish I had everyone would wrestle me this way because they had a long fucking feud where they stiffed the shit out of each other. So maybe if any of these guys had any fucking balls, they would have stiffed them back because that's how Kevin likes it. He was testing everyone until Chris Adams let him fucking know. Like, like stiffing him like maybe like a real super kick
2: He's, yeah those, those adams like fun <laughs> eric like five minute brawn burners were fucking awesome I mean. yeah i mean we're
0: gonna talk a little bit about that at the end yeah. uh, but you know but i, I look I, there's tons of wrestlers over the years who have reputations for being stiff and, and shit in the ring and people love them people you know van dam has got the fucking reputation people yeah. fucking love him. You know, and he doesn't necessarily apologize for it. That's how, that's how I fucking do it, you know. And that's how fucking Kevin does it. And the fact that he doesn't give a shit if you do it back to him. There's tons of wrestlers we've heard about who that way. We, you've, you've heard tons of stories about guys like, you just got to give it back to him as hard as he gives it to you. That, that's yeah. just how he likes to work. Yeah. You know, but Kevin gets a little more shit on because he's one of the Von Erics and all the tragedies and, and he's dumber than a bag
2: of fucking And he's ass. not exactly safe either. Yeah. I don't know how unsafe he is. He's I don't just know, Fucking people, I mean, fucking those, those are some potatoes. Yeah, oh,
0: it's, but they're potatoes. I'm, he's not fucking. Yeah, he's not crippling anybody out there. No, he no, he's not.
2: No, you're right about that. You know, you're just gonna get fucking
0: beat I, the, the shit beat out of you. <laughs> because
3: I think a lot of it born. had to do with him being the son of a famous wrestler and kind yeah. of uh, On a small side. He didn't earn his spot.
1: Yeah, but well, he being that he, small. you know,
3: got, it, got, pushed, got pushed to the head of the line. And then, you know, that's why... they're of all the being booked about this way. His, uh, potatoing.
0: But they're all being booked this way. Yeah. Fritz Fritz knows what he's doing as a booker. Obviously, he eventually... Well, through 82, it's a fucking struggle. But he eventually gets, you know... The birds show up and then boom, you know, the the explosion happened, which is the greatest part of doing this podcast with you guys was to watch how it it was just in the shits, in the shits. Like bad. Like I couldn't believe how bad this fucking TV show was, this wrestling was. I'm like, wow. And then over, it felt like overnight boom into like, it starts rippling and like this is turning into the hottest thing fucking going. That's the Mm -hmm. real story. Uh, Here, um, that that was my actual favorite part of of it. But I I loved Bugsy McGraw because he was fun to make fun of because it was really Mm -hmm. creepy, really fucking creepy with the with the children. Yeah, it was really creepy. I I I I I I had a fondness for Almadrill when I found out how much of an Elvis fan he was. I I, I'm like, oh, I finally know something about Almadrill. Madrill. it was kind of like Al. What what was his What was it? Three, two and a half star Al? What does it go? Yeah.
3: Uh, just, no, two stars. Two, star Al. two limit. star Al. Okay. Got, uh, Flair got two and a half out of him.
0: Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, Rick Flair's like, I'm going to get it out of you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and Iceman. I love fucking Iceman. Iceman was just so refreshing when he showed up. Because it was the rotating cast of Who's the Von Eric's Best Friend? who will then eventually turn on them at some point or another because that's how fritz books this shit and we had alma drill then we had that they tried mantel and that didn't fucking take because no one fucking believed they'd hang out with that motherfucker uh adias adias is there oh he's uh. coming in he's the worst so we, we it's a good thing we don't have to fucking we, we're ending this because we had to watch him with brian fucking adias
2: as in that role, Like,
0: hey, well, you know what? We've tried a Hispanic guy, and uh, we didn't go with that. Well, we nah, I mean, with-
2: John, we would have got to ideas lead heel in the territory, and that's uh, okay.
0: well, yeah, there'd be that too. And he his sidekick was
2: Al Madril is the second heel, uh, 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 of course, <laughs>
0: because because they're the four. Now that's that's actually good booking. The, the former the the two former best friends who got kicked to the curb. You know, if Iceman joined that group, that would be an awesome faction. Because Iceman. Think another about it, one. They had
2: to follow that group after Gino and uh, Chris Adams as the leader. That's,
0: right. that's a tough. That's a hard. And, and, and then even to after
2: that, you had Buzz and and Warren, uh, Born. Born, who were good workers, but they weren't. Just didn't cl- the whole. But we'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, then followed up with those two clowns. But then but, in '88, you get a highlight. You have then you finally get Iceman turning on them.
0: Oh yeah. It, all of them, not all because that's, it's, it's, it's booking that's you in your back pocket. You can, it's back pocket booking. They do it all the time. And at least do it with Hogan. Like they do it all yeah. the time. Cause the Von Erics are the, the center of force. And that's, what's so odd about this and different about the is We're literally watching one family be the center of all of this. They're the most important part of it. Um, Like, even when like, you got all the McMahons on the TV shows. They were never the most important part of it. There's always a rocket or stone cold. But when the wrestlers end the promoter and everyone is all about these guys, they're the top guys. They're all the top guys and they stay in all the top angles. It gets a little dull. So I'll finish up by saying I love Chris Adams too. He felt like. Watching him change, because when he first got there, he's throwing more super kicks than the young bucks. It's you know, they got <laughs> him stuck with the fucking Mongol. Um, and he slowly starts evolving and evolving. And right here, where we're where we're at, he's at I get just as many babyface fucking cheers as the Von Ericks do right now. He's that fucking popular yeah. and you could also say that some of that is because he's attached to Sunshine, who also at this point had become that fucking popular. They yeah. Know, people loved Chris Adams and they loved Sunshine and they hated Jimmy Garvin. And the last thing, uh, the actual last thing is, yes, this is proof for everyone. Who's like, yeah, Jimmy Garvin sucked. But that's like the general smart fan take. Jimmy Garvin sucked. This did not suck. Jimmy Garvin was fucking great here. He was great with David Von Erich. They had great matches. He was great with everyone he played his character to the fucking Yeah, he's hell. great with
2: Kevin Von Erich too. Yep. I thought Kevin Von Erich's best matches were with Jimmy.
0: Yeah, he's he's outstanding right here. His AWA run, I don't I remember only reading about it in the mags and maybe seeing a match or two eventually because it it just was like right before Pro Wrestling USA or and, or if it was, they didn't fucking show it on their fucking TV. So, I think I saw some of the matches later, and I couldn't.
2: Well, part part of the yeah. thing that hurt with Garvin in the AWA was Martel was feuding with Bockwinkle, beat Bockwinkle for the belt, and then he transitioned to a few with Garvin and Jimmy Garvin. I mean, as good as he is, he's no damn Nick Bob. Nick Bockel is one of the all time. Great. So uh, I think part of the Garvin run, it might've, it one I don't think it translated well in the Northeast. And that's the same thing with Maybe. the Freebirds. I thought they sucked in the Midwest. AWA. Midwest. I'm sorry. In the Midwest. I just didn't think it have really clicked, uh, in the AWA because of the, the, the gimmick, uh,
0: Well, the Freebirds problem was they're like, it's too fucking cold up here, and fuck you, Vern Gagne. You know, they could have gotten over anywhere. But that's a good point about Garvin, because when I, this is when I was bringing up the magazines again, when I was reading the magazines, this is just as I became aware of the other promotions. I hadn't seen Garvin in world class when I was a kid. And all of the fucking after mags, it was on a lot of the covers about the raging hot feud between gorgeous jimmy garvin and rick Martel, and so to me i went he's a big deal he must be a fucking big deal he's fighting the, their champ so i was that high on garvin at that point but i could see if you were an awa fan who kind of you know we're just like who's this guy he's not a fucking Baco. i could i could see that with that crowd but to my young 15 year old eyes i was like oh must be a big fucking deal and he proved it in, in in fucking world class, I think. He was outstanding. Great. Yeah. great great promos. The shit with David on the farm. Yeah, awesome. Fucking great. You know, and all, it, it, his ridiculous shit. Like, I'm videotaping all my opponents, baby. Yeah. And all the logic gaps in why uh, and, he, and why he doesn't want to be on TV. But it all worked.
2: Bill Mercer showing up at his house, at his when, house. with Sunshine. I mean, hey. with uh, Precious. She yeah, you know. Sunshine.
0: You know, and, and, and let's bring that up. Another of my favorites. I shit on Bill Mercer because he is legitimately probably the worst announcer ever. I haven't him this much.
2: But he's great as the man of the people out of exactly. the family. You
0: know? Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Hit Bill Mercer on location. He was a great
2: location. Gene Okerlund in like those type of things.
0: He's great. And he produced those. I know yeah. he, those are outstanding, whether he's... I'm in mean, General Skandor Akbor's office here in his in his shitty looking office. Oh, the uh, Gary
3: Hart office. Yeah, yeah. The
0: office the office in <laughs> yeah, the back of the
3: Gary Hart office. It's
0: the office in the back of Fritz's trailer where he yeah. worked all the business out of. But but the freebirds at Fritz's pool, um, the fucking water park, you know, yeah. The, the, the water the water park fiasco. That, that uh, boy, that was That's probably
2: where COVID started. It, it could be. It could be,
0: but, <laughs> but all that, he's outstanding. I want to give. I just wanted to give him his props on that one more time because, but as an announcer, I mean, I mean I'm I've heard lots of worse announcers, like in the Indies and that sort yeah, of thing,
2: but, but he's terrible
0: on yeah. this. On, but on the level of this was going out to the world on this Christian network. So lots of people hear this. He's terrible. terrible. <laughs> and when we, we, just as we left, Mark Lorenz was taking over, Cause they they had to do something and because lorenz is a market improvement
2: i think it was just a temporary thing
3: yeah i was gonna okay, say i don't really? know if that was yeah i don't think so, I know uh, so. It but was i mean
2: temporary yeah i know he's back
3: yeah for us it, it oh, doesn't really matter. okay <laughs> but, then, I,
0: then i like yeah. to think it was i like to think french just had enough and look i know he looks spooky as shit on the camera you know and you and you Aaron, bill You tried a goatee. You tried a beard. You tried a Van Dyke. You've tried a soul patch. (laughs) You've tried mutton chops. (laughs) Nothing's working. We're going to go with the ghoulish looking motherfucker over here.
2: Bill Mercer. He had too much much cloud in the Dallas area. There's no way. Yeah. But
0: Bill Mercer's constantly evolving facial hair. Another one of my yeah. favorite yeah. things that we yeah. discovered on this show.
3: Yeah, mine too. Yeah. That was uh, like yeah, Wolfman Jack. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and his jackets on that old when they used oh, to God, open yeah. when they used to open mm-hmm. on the green thing that looked like a green screen it just looked like shit. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, some of those jackets Cornette wouldn't even wear. I mean, they're uh-huh. just that. Cor- no, Cornette would terrible. wear them
0: because he, my character would wear this. Right. he wouldn't wear them in fucking public. Well, actually, if you ever seen what Cornette dresses like in public, yeah, a sweat he ain't willing sweatpants. Wear
2: anything. <laughs> coach's shorts. <laughs> Coaches shorts. <laughs>
0: oh man yeah yeah i think yeah went, but who, who did you no, think yeah kelly who did you think when you were like that you know one of my who one of my favorites was did i say him?
3: oh it was it was bugsy
2: that oh bugsy yeah
0: okay i
3: was pretty sure of course you were gonna talk about um because yeah you you were for you bugsy was your guy and for me it was his good old al at the beginning mm-hmm. you know the 1982 uh, world class was totally like the leftover 70s guys yeah. or, or the look like the the show before they brought in Mickey Grant and and uh, revamped the production it was a total 70s show Yeah
2: that opening um, yeah um Alvin
3: yeah the opening but just the static it was like a one camera maybe two cameras i guess the yeah. deal um and and it just was like i compared it to Allentown on the first uh, episode and it was totally. Yeah, if like was and half empty, with his hair. Do you remember how <laughs> yeah, half empty? Exactly, yeah. How half yeah. empty
0: some of that fucking sportatorium was in those early shows? Yeah. Place was sparse. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. The only time was, we got even yeah. quarter, like half fill was dollar beer night or something,
1: uh-huh.
2: or quarter beer night yeah. or whatever. Jesus. That was the yeah, draw. No,
3: it was it was it was ice cold outside of uh Flair and Kerry yeah with the NWA title. uh program it was a a dead territory basically before the Freebirds came in yeah and we chronicled all that of course and it totally was like the evolution of a territory it it was a great story because it was a territory that was dead that became maybe the hottest territory in the states um at one point it It was was a really cool story and we didn't get to chronicle We didn't get to chronicle the decline so yeah for us it was perfect we saw something go from Mm -hmm. the absolute bottom to the absolute top and we got out right uh right before it started to to fall apart and for me you know yeah you guys have mentioned all the a lot of the guys that i was into and and enjoyed of course and even good old al you guys have talked about i'm surprised i thought i was going to have to be the one to bring up his name, but it came up. Oh no, no, no! We, so thats great. No, no, we're um, just gonna
0: wait till we're gonna wait till the peak goes. You know, I really fucking think you guys were unfair too, Johnny fucking
2: Mantell. Well, Ken. you were, but I mean, that's—I <laughs> mean, we have plenty of evidence, video evidence to show that. I mean, yeah, it was just the Mantells in
0: general. Like, Ken, when, like before, before Ken became a booking genius, the Candyman. There, yeah. I remember really. We, I, I hated him, and then I hated his brother replacement just as much. <laughs>
2: Hey, you know, I mean, Johnny Mantell yeah. worked on top in a lot of areas. So, I mean, like- I get it. I get it. I
0: just did not care for him. Maybe if he was a heel cowboy who was mean, I
2: could.
3: Yeah. No, good Al, good, for me, good old Al was just, you know, it was it was kind of like Dominic DiNucci for the Titans. He was, Titans. He you was know, great. He was, he, was, he was kind of just a, like a cheesy looking dude that was still, you know, hanging about. I mean, he wasn't that old, actually. But um, he definitely seemed like a man at a time, even though it was just 1982. It It seemed like he was five years in the past or whatever.
0: It actually felt like when they had that fucking video, and that's another thing, some of these early videos, because some of the the video packages they come up with in world class were great. The music videos, even though we couldn't hear the real music, are generally pretty great. Yeah. Uh, um, But there was a lot of fucking weird shit uh with um some of the earlier ones uh, with these guys I, I lost my fucking point but
3: go on <laughs> kelly that's okay um and then of course sunshine was one that i um uh, you know really took a liking to We you know and, yeah um, we know gotta we- give her we gotta give her some credit because she did become one of the hottest stars in the territory oh yeah and the top baby faces yeah um i mean it, it wasn't because was a template she didn't,
2: for women wrestling uh i mean really getting over as valet wise you know
3: yeah was, yeah the yeah totally was, the garvin it, sunshine dynamic was the template for savage and elizabeth like that's yeah. what mm-hmm. they wanted to recreate in in the wwf for sure
0: it was a template for something that i'm sure someone could quote where it oh they did that in memphis and such and such with this and that whatever whatever this shit was being broadcast on the Christian network I and mean, everything. People were seeing this all over the fucking world in pro wrestling, the whole sunshine going, I have had enough of your shit and I'm going to fight back. And she's not prissy at all. She like, like, I'm a bad motherfucker. And she comes after people. She dresses the part. She looks like, you know, I'll, I'll fucking, I'll fuck you up. And she's a powerful woman when she's with any client of hers, be it whatever she, the one that shines the most just because she's a great promo too. She's very good. And so that, and that really explains what we, what we talked about in the previous show, like why she had some drug issues and what have you. Like you're 20, what, two, yeah.
3: and 23. And
0: you're suddenly a fucking star even though as local as it is in wrestling you're a star in that world you know you can't it's pretty you know easy to you know to to to, to go wrong and get oh yeah especially in that
2: especially in that (laughs) environment when you think about it yeah
0: you're surrounded by those motherfuckers i mean your your cousin lover is only going to protect you so much
2: yeah (laughs) and when his wife showed up he i'm sure quit traveling with with sunshine so um
0: I would imagine they travel together they're they're fucking family. They're actual uh,
2: family. I would think I would think she probably traveled with some other people. <laughs> you think Yeah, Chris I don't
3: know the oh yeah, I just know that yeah, she got pretty heavy into the party. I know scene. she got
2: pretty tight with the freebirds where <laughs> well, There you go. Yeah, well there, there you, you go. go. That's, that's it.
0: That's
3: that's the answer it was right there. Tight
0: enough to the point where when the Freebirds were in the UWF, I remember this weird period, and I don't remember how long it actually lasted. I'm sure you do, Pete, um, where they brought in Sunshine to the UWF as a heel, and she was yeah. at the Freebirds' ballet. Yeah, I think for I don't know how long. Yeah, to be she lasted. Kind of
2: counter counter uh, Dark Journey and Michael Hayes' feud. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know how long she lasted there, but yeah, they were it
2: wasn't you know, super long, but yeah. They are like, well, we, we need to get her a book, and it's our fault she ended up in the Betty Ford. Yeah, because Dark Journey became Babyface, and uh, she I mean, she had, of course, her Missy Hyatt feud, but she also had her feud with uh, Sunshine. One of my golden oldies
0: right here.
1: Ain't no good
2: for jealous. I tried
1: at night
2: after night.
1: You're in someone else's arms in Dallas. this
0: for
3: And so one last wrestler I want to mention, and I mean the N.W.E. title was actually a very important
1: part oh, of yeah, the whole the story champs. that
3: we chronicled. Yeah. And flair of course was, was great and got carryover over yeah. huge and was part of a lot of big moments. But what I also want to talk about, well, I mainly want to talk about Harley race mm. and, like we didn't see him a lot, but every time Harley was in the territory in 82, 83, I thought he, did really awesome, was part of awesome matches. Yeah. And this can transition to the next part where we talk about our favorite matches, or, you know, some of our favorite matches. Because one of my favorite matches was Harley versus Kerry Von Erich from the sparsely attended first attempt at running a show at Texas Stadium for Fritz's retirement, where they were building up Kerry to challenge Flair. And Harley was like the, the last boss before the main boss and he of course had been the nwa champion for years and years before that so i really really like that match and yeah i just wanted to throw the spotlight on harley i mean flair of course has been talked about you know ad nauseum here there everywhere for many many years so i just wanted to shine the light more on harley race and um how great he was um and yeah harley's match on
2: with on kevin i thought it was boss
3: Yeah, that was another really good one, and he had one with uh, Iceman too. That was yeah, really Uh, good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Harley. I mean, I've I've always loved Harley, and I've I've really come to appreciate him more and more in the last ten years or so. But yeah, if you watch these shows like we did, you're gonna see some really good Harley stuff um, scattered throughout every few months
0: because you know what the thing is, and some people use this as a knock on Harley race, but I'm just like, Oh, go fuck yourself. You know, he knows what he's doing. There's a reason why he's been the traveling NWA champion that many fucking times. So, you know, who do who, who you think knows fucking better? Him or you dumb, dumb. Uh, but is that he really liked these Von Eric kids. He really did. He had a soft spot for him. He made them look good, mm-hmm. made them look great. Cause I mean, with Harley race, someone that good, it's up to him how good you look. Oh, maybe 75%, you know, and he's a professional and he does his best to make everyone look good. But I've heard enough interviews where he really, he liked those kids to a point where you could tell he felt bad for them. Maybe even when they were alive, you know, like, oh, that Fritz was a fucking of right? Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you see Harley, you know, shooting pool in his fucking basement with a fucking c- cigar and scotch. You know, Fritz was a piece of shit. <laughs> He just—he always felt. I, I felt he felt responsible for it. He's the one who got all well, of them over. All of this, them over. He got, all, think about he got this. all. three of them. All of them. Harley
2: Harley owned part of the St. Louis territory, and yeah, Von Erich were huge stars there. So he was. So he had to, a
0: business. Okay, so he had he, yeah. he had a business investment. Well, then that, that explains a lot as well the business investment. But you could you definitely could tell he had a soft spot for the kids. You know, the, the you know and probably the position that they were in. So yeah, I, I I loved the Harley and the Harley interviews. And speaking of the interviews, just to go back to Flair, we got a lot of my favorite thing with Rick Flair is to find his calm Rick Flair promos from his first championship reign. Yeah, it didn't go so well. And Rick Flair being a very calm gentleman, just explaining himself, you know, next to a plastic fern or whatever the fuck it is. And I'm like, I fucking love it. I love it because. Flair has turned into. I'm gonna say, Flair turned into a fucking caricature.
2: Oh, he did. I so mean, like, even like, I think most people identify Flair when he was still working on uh, in top on top in a way, which I think a lot of people in the audience now think of him as Nitro Ric Flair when he's you know dropping an elbow on nobody. You know what I'm saying? And oh yeah. Throw his clothes off. That's the of thing. That.
0: Rick, Rick Flair fucking taking his clothes off and 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 dropped, oh. or or elbow-dropping jackets, like the elbow. Yeah, yeah I, I never liked it. I never liked that. I was like, come on, dude. Come yeah. On. But here's the thing. If the crowd's fucking popping for it, I yeah. understand it. I understand it. And he's a performer, and you know how ins- – and we all know now, now we know how insecure Ric Flair is. Yeah. And, and he just – and you're the greatest of all time. It, it's the – you know, it's it's a raging bull story. He's the greatest of all time, and he just he needs that, that energy from the crowd. But
2: we have said it before, you're addicted to the pop. I mean yeah, yeah. You
0: know? the shine. The shine, maybe. Yeah, That's what Eric Shark but... the Shine. The shine problem hadn't killed half the roster yet. <laughs>
3: <Good>. <laughs>
0: but um uh, sorry.
3: <laughs> one other match I wanted to spotlight is one that happened within, I think, the first five episodes. In fact, I think it was the first good Ooh. match that we watched. It came out yep. of nowhere.
0: I know what you're talking about. Um,
3: yeah. Bugsy McGraw versus Jose Lothario. Oh, that was incredible. Like
2: a, awesome.
0: Awesome.
3: For, for, I believe, the Brass nux championship. Yeah. It was fucking great. Yeah. That, that was one of the few matches
2: great. where I felt like I was watching Jose Lothario that I've been watching on Houston.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and yeah, Bugsy was threatening. Literally.
0: Bugsy was good, and he was threatening, and they they beat the shit out of each other, and had a because at that point, we how early was that? Maybe just a few episodes in, or did,
3: yeah, I think it was the fifth or sixth. It was very up early. until
0: that point. I was going, okay, this is what we're going to do for a podcast now. This, <laughs>
1: this is shitty,
0: and it's going to be a like just yeah. shitty, shit, shit, shit show every fucking episode, and that came at it. Cause I something like Girl versus. I'm like, well, we I know Jose's good, I know Jose's good. So maybe we got something here, and they came out and they fucking tore the fucking house down. And I'm like, God damn, that was a legit great fucking match. Yeah, those little gems that we would find in the the early parts of uh, this project, because that's a match people who like. You know, you know, five stars and all that shit, you know, stuff, you, you know, people do. And do whatever. Give, give this one fucking 18 Johnny stars. Find it and check it out, because that's the sort of weird anomalies that you find when you do a deep dive like this. Bugsy McGraw and Jose Lothario in 1982 had a, what I would call a match of the year candidate.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it, was, it was like they had chairs ramming their heads in. I think they went into the crowd almost, I think, at one point. It was totally... <laughs> right. It was great. Everything before that was just so... Yeah, they went know,
2: into the yeah. doors. I know that, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you heard so the, the tin walls. Out of the the tin walls of yeah. the
0: Sportatorium going bang, bang, bang. bang. It's amazing.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's one that is totally... I never, I've never, i never seen it discussed anywhere else outside of our show, so that's one that needs to be... Yeah, it's like, be, almost uh, like the Larry
2: Zbysko uh ivan Putski match type of uh
3: oh, yeah 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 i've so never no, heard about was,
2: great this match no. is and that's that's one of them that's you nice. know yeah and, and, and yeah. It, it also
0: no. shares it also shares another thing with that match um when you tell people the people involved in it and try to tell them it's a great match they're gonna go Shh, what you fucking high yeah, <laughs> you know like those two because they they've got a, a lot of shitty reputation within that smart fan world. Like Zabiscos, oh Zabisco stalls and Putski's sucks and like you know putsky does suck, but it doesn't mean he, he doesn't have a good match in him. You know, and, or it's the same with these two. You know, Bugsy's what he is. I mean, Jose, we know how good he is. He's not given that much opportunity to be as good as we know he is in world class, or maybe he just yeah. doesn't give. A sh- maybe he just doesn't give a shit whatever you know because in houston just a couple years or so earlier
2: yeah we watched it in the same year i mean hell think about it 1984 he has those barn burners with yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah exactly so we're like we, i'm like uh, me and pete you know for uh space city you know one of the one one of the see see, before we get i'm going to open the door for the the listeners who don't remember this and go on the history when titans ended we all sort of like bounce around, just kind of doing some stuff with each other. Cause we still love podcasting with each other. Me and Kelly did imaginary stories, mm. uh, the car the, comic book show. Um, We'd started doing the mystery Titans theater thing every now and then me and Pete, you know, eventually started doing this week in wrestling, which evolved into space city, which where we talked about the Houston footage, which is, I, I don't fucking like, you know, pimp myself all that much as people would think I do, but dig those up. We talked, you want to talk about a deep, deep, deep dive. We did a deep, deep, deep dive on that Paul Bosch Houston footage. And it, those shows were a lot of fun because we got to talk about a lot of shit that nobody else talks about. And that's sort of our thing. It's been thing since Titans, you know, you ain't seen the shit we're seeing right now. You know, all the way down to Crazy James sending us all this footage going, where the fuck did he find all this? You yeah. know, like, up, up until the current day, like, even though world-class is on the network, you really think people are going, to sit back and watch 1982. They're going to, no, they're going to skip right to, when right, right to the fucking free version.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: You know? James yeah. was
2: going to put that fucking... Uh... Of Zabisco pusky match on exactly. The right I, 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 mind, him, I mean, yeah. if I saw that, I'd be skip, skip. You know, I would never even give it a mm-hmm. time of day.
0: And James no. would have. James would have also probably admitted and maybe did admit um that he's like, I didn't even really watch it. I just put it on there because of the names involved and thought maybe it'd just be fun to make fun of or something. He maybe just did it for that reason. I, I might recall, but. You know, I, we we call him Crazy James because yes, he went nuts, and we'll bring him up because you know we're reaching the end of a Titans era here right now of all of us doing stuff at least for the time being, and uh, you know without him and his crazy ass, he's the one that got us started on this journey. Him and Parv. but say what you will, know. great
2: great DVD collector.
0: And yeah, and yeah. when when I was down and out, when I was down and out, and you guys and there's a, they wanted me to be part of that project, he sent me those fucking DVDs for free because I couldn't afford him at the time. I was between jobs. And I was such a generous gesture that as much as when he went cuckoo bananas, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I get it. I get it, I get it. I do make jokes and shit, but that guy did me a
2: fucking solid. again, we've seen a lot of people go crazy on pro wrestling, are so. I
1: know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not.
0: Fair. Not, it's not, not the on first, exactly. I'm sure
2: it won't be the last.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: Once you, Pete, you hit the nail right on the head. I think, I mean, There's something about it because I don't post there anymore because when I do, there's some reaction and someone picks up on me like, oh, you're a fucking asshole, Sorrow. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to fucking not not give you guys my opinion. And now it's easier than ever because I'm not fucking watching current wrestling at all. And now I'm not going to be watching this wrestling. So my wrestling watching is going to be going down significantly because I was watching world class for the show
2: yeah
0: so we're gonna see how i've watched all this already so i mean yeah this is
2: all
0: but but it's still the journey's been fucking wonderful so you know Mm -hmm. like every incarnation has been fucking fantastic doing this with you guys in parv and everyone we've met podcasting through these shows and again i know that we're going to Mm-hmm. Bob, we're, we're, it's inevitable we're going to be doing something or another one shots or this that and the other but uh you know it's it's, it's the end when of When somebody
3: interview. dies we'll get back together of yeah so well,
0: hold on a second famous wrestler or one of us
3: <laughs> both okay we'll good
2: good <laughs> okay good <laughs> you know,
0: Jesus, something,
3: something to look forward to Johnny <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> oh, you know what I was just tying the noose around my neck and you said that and I'm like, oh, wait, no.
3: <laughs> no you can't do it now I'm I, we're, Pete and I are retiring so we need a few months before we get back so just yeah hold off on the suicide you're
0: gonna hold fucking off. wrestle you you know <laughs> i don't know about you schermacher because i think you've had enough but nelson over here as soon as he gets a good internet connection he's gonna feel the shine and want to get back in the uh, fucking yeah, yeah i mean
2: i've been lucky i've been lucky yeah yeah I, uh, I feel like right now i've been out over i'm way overexposed i'm you know, i don't <laughs> think people need to hear me uh i've you know, burnt, oh, burnt out on everything's become a chore i'm my different agendas yeah. right now in life. Yeah.
0: You uh, need to go to a new territory, learn a new move, and come back later. That, you know, that's...
2: <laughs> but I've had—I mean, I've had yeah. great runs with—I mean, good runs with Johnny and you and Parv and and Tim and I did a really long, long run on this week. Super yeah.
0: long run, man.
2: All great partners. Yeah. Uh, all different in each different ways, but all—all all equally uh, uh, mean a lot to me. I'll even—I'll even put over Hair Boy Martin. You know he's.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: sixty Young item,
3: Marty sleeves. Uh-huh. Still, he's still keeping it real, man. He's still keeping
0: it real, dumb. dumb. <laughs> real, real, Hey, it's my dumb. General Hospital uh, buddy, man.
2: General Hospital buddy.
0: I'm no. just kidding. him. No. No. Look, you Marty's see that hair? Video, come on.
2: Right? I know he's. a
3: Yeah, I, yeah. He's got the hair. He's got. He's I've, got seen hair. I've, I've seen it live. I've
2: seen yeah. the fucking hair.
0: You yeah, have? Yeah.
3: Pete.
2: Pete's, yeah. I met him a few times. Is it sentient? Yeah, yeah. It's almost sentient. <laughs> we were only like people booing for Orange Cassidy. Me, him, and Johnny uh, Johnny P at a, at an indie show many a week. You were booing Orange Cassidy. Yep, which we were the minority <laughs> in that crowd. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. Way to stay,
0: you know. Way to stay with what's hit, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and as far as myself, yeah, I, I'm totally burnt out in wrestling. Like I'm not watching. Anything, anymore? I just I, I need a break. It could be a few years. I've taken a few years off, yeah, I in did. the past. Yeah. So,
1: so yeah, time.
3: I'm 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 like a hundred percent into comics. I missed like a good decade of of comics, basically, and and there's so many old comics I want to read. So that's yeah, I'm I'm going to be totally down the comic book rabbit hole for a long time. I'm I'm. I'm picturing and, and podcasting too. I needed a, a break. So we'll, we'll see my, yeah, my internet fucking sucks. That definitely is a big part of it. But I also I just, yeah, like Pete, it's kind of become a chore. So that's why we're, we're ending it. And, but I thought this would be saved until the end, but we're doing uh, the, you know, the teary, on, the teary you know, goodbye here. I don't the know.
0: We can, we can, we, no, 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 you no. Know, we can go back to it, you
2: know. You can and, always yeah. edit it and put it at the end if it makes you feel comfortable. <laughs> okay, give me more
0: no,
3: fucking
2: no, no,
1: no,
3: no. I'm difference. not doing that. No, no. Mm. I, I, I'm, I'm done hey, with doing and, editing and, magic. For anyone,
1: okay,
0: no, look, for anyone who's listened to us, as long as some of these uh, wonderful people have listened to us, and supported us and by the way those of you who have donated money for the bomb network uh you're yes. awesome uh thank you very much kelly kelly i'll make up the difference just tell me when okay
3: yeah <laughs> i think you might have to because it's stalled out When's it, out. Due?
2: Got, When's it due?
0: uh
3: well it, it doesn't really matter when it's due but um yeah i got like two big donations in the first half hour and then
0: and zilch. god bless you zilch. <laughs> zilch from the rest of you cheap motherfuckers come on i look i know times are tough and i'm not and these people gave big just you know for the like 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 gloria bunker said for the i mean what do you
2: expect money. i'm leaving the feed i mean come on man
0: yeah that's it that's <laughs> all like fuck you yeah, right. marker's gone
3: feed has gone no you're not getting no money from me
0: because <laughs> kelly t nelson is still you know our, our figurehead president uh, <laughs> of, of this operation so he's not really gone. He's like Julie Schwartz at DC. He's like running things up in his office.
3: Well, I compared myself to Stan Lee to another another uh, person a few months wow. ago.
0: Wow. Well, well, See?
3: You know. Marvel. You... Julie Schwartz. No, Stan Lee. Man.
0: <laughs> I didn't know you were a play.
3: No, I'm Canadian. No, I'm Todd McFarlane because he eventually oh, stopped oh, making comics yeah. and became a became the president of the company or whatever he
0: became a billionaire with uh, balls.
3: anyway anyway any uh matches feet that you want to highlight that uh maybe need uh i think
2: all the ones talky, i mean
3: but... not
2: really i think everyone I, I have that can really think of it. you brought up the Jose and bugsy one which i think is like the biggest sleeper match in the world class history yeah, that's um, the one that sticks out but yeah, they, I mean, yeah. We, we all know the ones, you know, the, there's plenty of Von Eric, you know, the yes. Von Eric Freebird matches, plenty of other ones we talked about.
0: There's so many to choose from. Ones. There's so many yeah. to choose from.
2: Yeah. I, it's like what you
0: yeah. guys did. What you guys did. Let me ask you a question, Pete. Because you guys did the world-class set. Uh huh. The DVD VR world-class set that you guys did. And I got that one. It was one of the smaller sets. And I remember really enjoying it then. Mainly, I'm like, I'm gonna get to those music videos and shit because eventually, even then, I was like, seen it, seen it, seen it because it's all the same fucking guys. Yeah. And for you guys to have to put that together, how fucking nuts was that? Watching the nuts, same guys it made me crack over at over one again.
2: point. Yeah, it made me crack at one point <laughs> um, because you're watching it over and over. And then, I mean, honestly, from Parts of, like, part of 86 to 87, all of 87 oh, was yeah.
0: just... yeah, you had to go there. Ooh,
2: Fucking, yeah. if, I have, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think there was one match from 87 on the set. There might have been one. Think about that.
0: That's a rough year. We're going to mm-hmm. get to that, you know, eventually.
2: The only two things in
0: life that make it worth living Is guitars, the tune, good and firm, feeling women now, I don't need my name in the
1: marquee lights I got my song and i got you with me tonight Maybe it's time we got back To the basics of love Let's go to Lucanbac, Texas With Waylon and Willie and the boys This successful life we're living Got us few like the Hatfields and McCoys. Between Hank Williams' pain songs, Blueberry's train songs, and Blue Eyes crying in the rain. Out Bottex, ain't nobody feeling no pain.
3: I, I think that's as good a segue as any until, into our. Well, my, here,
1: Here's
2: an example. Our, Okay, real quick, on kind of cut some of this stuff. Think about how many Kevin Von Eric Terry Gordy matches we just saw, right? A lot. And they wrestled Morgan in 86 and Morgan in, in 88. Uh, um, and still some more in 84, I think. I think only one made the set. Wow. Made been two. But yeah, there wasn't much.
3: Yeah, and you watched everything. <laughs>
2: yeah
1: yeah if you're just watching you're just
0: watching matches that. you're not even watching like well what's some of the entertaining side shit really are no, we? we are we oh, are you are okay you are because that's
2: how the extras get picked oh of
0: yeah course. you watch dummy TV. i'm a dummy yeah of course yeah
3: yeah I, he's just I agreeing that
0: i'm a mean. dummy yeah i've been saying it for seven years
3: <laughs> insanity, <laughs> insanity! All the territories that you watched, all, all the footage for—I just, I don't.
2: Yeah, but you uh, think, think about it. it, let's, 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 it. Let's, you know, let's talk about now some of this. Like in '84, we were gonna start getting characters come in. We we're gonna get Jake Roberts coming in, and he was gonna be teaming with you know Adams. We can get the Adams heel turn, and Gino, and they were gonna form a group, and how Buddy Roberts was able to make uh, Iceman Parsons in the territory. Here, they were going to try to have Jake make Mike Von Erich, and that just didn't work. That was just a terrible matchup. Mm. But my God. Really? Yo, it was terrible. Um, Kevin oh, and Chris Adams were gold. Uh, after, mm-hmm. the, after the big uh, Cotton Bowl, I think it was the Cotton Bowl. Uh, yeah, Cotton Bowl. Uh, uh, match they just would have these great five, six minute barn burners where the match would get thrown out and they would just fucking potatoing the fuck out of each other, grabbing the, the wood fucking chairs and uh-huh. fucking potatoing the Because Pete, because that's
0: how it started. If you, it was, I'm sorry, real quick, just go yeah. back to the Cotton Bowl match, but if I'm correct, that's the one where um, Gary Hart, here's, because I always want to go into the story just a little bit, because Chris Adams just feels he needs a little help, and Gary Hart shows up. Back. He comes back, and he's now Chris Adams' manager. And Chris Adams is telling the Vinerics, hey, look, I'm still the same guy that you've always thought I was, He's, but he's smart, and I'm just listening to him, okay? Just you know, giving him a chance. And they, they play it that way, and it's really good. And then they're going to have this match where I think this is the match where they're going
2: to have a scientific, scientific match rules
0: match. Yeah. And uh, it ends like this. Does Adams lose? A, he yeah. loses? And Adams brains fucking carry with a wooden chair like oh, Zabisco. Kevin, Kevin, and Kevin. To, to Kevin, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to Kevin with a wooden chair like Zabisco and Bruno. Yeah. And the magazines had all the pictures. It was bloody as fuck. It was hot. And it just mm-hmm. kicked off. And yeah. all the matches I did get to see between them, like Pete said, just, so good. I loved it. He was such a good heel. Adams became a great, swarmy, fuck you heel. Like, I'm better than you.
2: Yeah. yeah, him and Gino were just complimented each other really oh, well. What so Adams Adams became a good enough promo, but I mean Gino carried that the stick on that oh, of end. Course, of and, course. And in ring, Adams carried like the offense, while Gino was great at uh, being the stage and getting his ass handed yeah, he, to him. And, and he, Adams he, was he, good yeah. at it too. Uh, but yeah, and then they ended up you know feuding with Kerry and Kevin and tag teams, and this thing went around. I mean, went on forever, and and they yeah, and they ended up. You know, you could even argue they might have been taking a little too long once they shaved the heads off and they put the masks on and and this, but it was that was a great feud. And then See, you- Pete, Pete, that did,
0: it didn't come off that way to me because that was right at the time. And I'm you know, just going to go back to the story again. My first exposure to world class was the magazines and PWI, Lords of the Ring. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, one fall. It was announced we were getting a new Philadelphia uh, um, UH, UHF channel. Look it up, kid, UHF channels. And it was Philly 57. And I immediately went, well, it's a UHF channel. What fucking wrestling is on this? And it was world class. And it was the current followed by classic. Two hours of world class. And on Saturday nights, depending on what sports game was going on, you get another classic world class that was a few years later than the world the classic world class uh, earlier in the day and this is right at that moment right when they're uh, the dynamic duo are cutting people's hair and it's leading up to that big cotton Bowl match is when i started getting this on my television for free for the first time i, so love I that don't movie. i don't know how long it went for. Everyone i was watching it for me it felt like it went fast because i was yes. super into it though i was super into it yeah, you're
2: watching the blow-off pretty much at that uh, point.
0: The lead up to, I, was, I was watching, hey, they're cutting everyone's hair. And then yeah. you know, a couple weeks later it was the blow-off.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was a great feud. And then, you, I mean, you think about it. Uh, they're bringing in one-man gang I think in uh, late yeah. 84, or 85. Moon! And, Moon. And, and that was a fresh character a different character than they really had because they never, like like we talked about, they didn't portray Kamala like that killer but they, they made did one-man gang that killer. Gee, I
0: wonder why. You, gee, i have Chris wonder, Adams
2: get title shots.
0: I wonder what the difference was.
2: The yeah, good, good Kamala point. and one-man gang. Good yeah. point. And then uh, you, you've seen that. Oh, you know, hold on, Pete, real
0: quick, real quick. Number one, I'm going to say, yeah, number one, the race thing. Number two, Kamala didn't have Gary Hart looking out for him as his manager because even though he knew that a manager is just a role on a TV show, he would tend to try to look out for his,
2: guy's yeah. careers. Yeah, so, it's true, and then a lot of but he, and when he would book, it, you'd see those a lot of those guys pop up and where he was booking. Yeah. Um, so you see, so you have one man gang makes it comes in, and it's, and it's the territory is still chugging along. Eighty six, you're getting Matt Born and uh, uh-huh. and uh, Bud Sawyer, and they were good heels, good workers, but they just weren't clicking like the other heel tandems had worked. Carrie ends up getting hurt on the bike. Kevin yeah. ends up not really, you know, wanting to work a lot. You have yeah. Lance having to carry stuff. Yeah. And so the territory starts dipping in 87. They really hit hit rock bottom with a Diaz and uh, Madrill as your heel tag team. And that was rough. I've been keeping it in my pocket. It's my, well, it's my, in case of emergency, break glass is
1: with Diaz and
2: Madrill because the longtime fans understand it yeah and that was rough and then you like you mentioned earlier black Bart is in the champion role all right now hold on real quick worker but he's not he's fine. Champ world champion
0: he's fine but here's the thing about black fucking bart besides the fact that he's the most notorious shoot interview liar of all time that is yeah. that I, i'm like he he's just he's fucking with him right because he's just saying ridiculous shit to the point of like this that's ridiculous <laughs> he's he's just fucking with this dude but here's the thing black bart i thought this the very first time i saw him when i first was introduced to him when i discovered crockett and he was teaming with uh, cowboy Ron Bass. black bart is the name of a cowboy in a spoof of a 1950s cowboy tv show it's black bart and like i, I don't take you seriously i i never took him seriously because his name was stupid and then they go, he's their champion now black bart Ugh.
1: yeah
3: and they Do also they, did they did a they did a phantom title change to to get him the belt they said yeah. he won the belt in LA i think um and remember he was on one of the early 82 episodes as rick yeah. harris yeah that's, that's right yeah
2: that's right he did he, oh, was like harris. he had in a in match Atlanta, too yeah that was a that was his jobber name before he became Black in yeah. Florida, I think.
3: But he had like this one-minute brawl with... Who was it? Was it Kareeke? It was Irwin. somebody... No, it was, Irwin. It was, just, was it Irwin? Well, it was oh, really okay. good. I just remember it being like one-minute falls to the I wall. Kinda yeah, brawl. I kind
0: of remember that. And yeah, yeah, that was like Irwin. one of maybe his it only cowboys, appearance.
3: Yeah. Was it Irwin? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I just remember it was, yeah one-minute brawl and we were impressed by that and then we didn't we never we didn't see him that's because
0: that's because fritz because because he because because uh, black bart there young black bart pre black bart went into business for himself and fritz like he's like you're fired there will be a cold day in hell before i hire you again and here it's, it's a cold day in hell in 1987 because the place stinks but what you yeah. didn't mention
2: well about to get to well you you got you cut me off so i'm let me sorry finish, I, you, okay? i'm
0: sorry. Like what, we, happened what happened earlier? We also earlier?
2: had Rick Rude as a uh, coming in as a top heel who was getting there, but he wasn't Rick Rude yet. We actually get to see him work yeah. carry Von Erich and throw up in the ring on television one match, um, which
1: you know, oh, that,
2: we don't get to see that. Um, the NWA and them stunk. go separate ways where they don't acknowledge. Uh,
0: That's it. That's the big champion.
2: and really cripples uh a, a guy would come in and pop 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 a house here and there yep. for him yep. up
3: that's up the beer. big one but they couldn't to be fair they couldn't get dates on there right. anymore fair enough yeah.
0: but i remember that that was just at that same time in 85 i believe or, or early 86
2: early 86 um, i think it was. Early, yeah, yeah early 86 yeah. yeah. um, yeah. It was, that was at the same, same time, time as
0: yeah.
3: gino's death
0: yeah, yeah, it was all. It was all around. It was a little earlier than Gino's death, I think. I don't know, but it was all around. Was the idea, yeah. Whatever. But nevertheless, yeah. I remember because I was watching it every Saturday, and the new direction was: they're like, "Fuck the NWA, we're our own promotion, and our world champion now is Ravishing Rick root And I was all in on Rude at the time. I was like, I immediately I'm like, oh, I I I love this guy in the magazines. I immediately bought him as a world champion, but. Separating from the NWA at this time, it's odd because yes, it does hurt if you did have a touring champion, but you really didn't, like Kelly said. So Fritz is all like, "I got my own TV deal," and maybe Fritz saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, because Fritz, and let's bring this up now. I'm sorry to interrupt, but let's bring this up now. Fritz saw the writing on the wall about a lot of stuff because we saw the innovations that Vince McMahon. Fucking stole, you know, or however you want to call it. I don't call it stealing, I call it being borrowing. It's a borrowing. It's it's, there's no original ideas in art. People come up with it and people do, yeah, especially in wrestling. But Vince, the, the change from 82 and what we were watching to when Mickey Grant comes in and we've got cameras in the ring, and it's unlike any other pro wrestling television show of its day and you immediately start seeing as Vince does his expansion he takes so many ideas from Fritz so yeah. many and so Fritz was ahead of the game on that as well what he wasn't ahead of, of the game on is sure he looks like a, Van, a Von Eric he's a, he's Waldo's kid he goes wow wow that that turned me off to where I was like oh, I'm not watching this shit anymore because I was like that's Ricky Vaughn <laughs>
2: I'm yeah, kidding. yeah. You have Lance coming in. You have Brody booking in '86,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: and then David Manning takes over uh, in '87, and it just goes
3: downhill. And, uh, one thing I wanted to mention: I don't know when it happened. It was sometime in '86, but uh the candy man Ken mantel left to go to and, the y- UWA. Took,
2: took a ton of the talent. A yeah. ton. And took
3: a ton of the talent. Yeah, I think that was like mid 86, right? It was really right Yeah, around. I mean, you
2: think about it. You really, I think they lost Adams and Iceman and John Tatum and Missy Hyatt and Jack Victory.
1: Yeah. It, um,
2: a lot of the ones. Oh, uh, the free. little fucking Freebirds. Michael Hayes. Free Michael Hayes yeah. Was, yeah. But hey, there really he went to the WWF and then I think went to Mid South.
1: Uh, but
0: yeah, no, the, the giant migration of Ken Mantel, who said, you know, the Candyman said, you tired of Fritz's shit? How about Bill Watts' shit? Well, yeah. oh, he's an asshole too, but look at what he's doing over here. What is the UWF, at first, looked like there was potential. Oh, yeah. This could be something, you know, and it just bad business and whatever excuse you want, the oil whatever collapse and whatever. Yeah, the
2: hookers and all that. You know,
0: yeah, all, all that shit. But it had potential. When it invaded um, our market on that u68 channel which was like no one watched it but that's where we got it and we would watch that and we're like this is fucking good this is really good and that was right at the same time that mantel came in bringing half the f- of fritz's fucking roster yeah and and so that was well, right we, at the same you, time you. i stopped watching world class because i was like okay who the fuck is here know, Ding, was Dingo Warrior still there? Because as soon as I saw him, I was like, this is the worst
3: motherfucker.
2: Dingo
0: went from
3: Mid-South to... He went the other way. Yeah, yeah he went Mid-South to World Class.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because no, I remembered, I remembered Rock. I remember he was Blade Runner Rock. And when he got there, I'm like, oh, so now he's the Dingo Warrior. And he was which terrible. I was, which I was like, that's the dumbest fucking name I've ever fucking heard. And then... I watched him in the ring. I'm like, oh, he's fucking awful. And wow. then, and then, you know, he's Ultimate Warrior, which I was like, well, that's the second dumbest name I've ever fucking heard. And he still fucking sucks. And I hate everything about him. That was the second nail in the coffin of me not watching wrestling for a long time. And then when I did, it'd be WCW because <laughs> I was like, what's on? What's on WWF? I'm the Ultimate. I'm like, no, click, fuck you. Yeah, and then we—I mean, yeah. we're yeah, looking. Uh, at...
3: No, Ultimate Warrior was better than Dingo, and also Vince got to shave, got him to shave his mustache.
0: Yeah, that's horrible. I forgot about the mustache. And, he, mustache. and he trimmed down too. Face <laughs> paint
3: to a... and, must... <laughs> yeah. like and a mustache. He a like yeah, he was like Caesar Romero. He was like Caesar Romero with the Joker.
2: <laughs> 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 oh, old... and really so I mean.
1: And so you get a warrior
2: round, but so like eighty six, like eighty seven was really a dark, dark time for world class, where they drove their audience away,
0: drove me away, drove me away.
2: Yeah, and then eighty eight opened up, and they got the freebirds back, but now booking was Michael Hayes and Gary Hart, and actually they didn't, they saw a spark in business, but not anything like they had been doing. And it was still going down, but it was really exciting television because you had Iceman Parsons and Buddy Roberts. And then you had Michael Hayes in the Von Erich camp. And you had Gordy originally with, with uh, Parsons and uh, and Roberts in The Angel of Death. And then you'd bring uh, – Hayes came back, and uh, I think Gordy switched over uh, uh, to the – babyface side so it was actually really interesting stuff going on and the Michael Hayes Terry Gordy stuff I mean Michael Hayes Buddy Roberts stuff was a lot of fun good fun brawls you had the and SWAT team coming in and so it seemed like they were gaining traction and then uh, then all of a sudden Hayes left and same with Gary Hart It all transitioned and that's when the Eric Embry period came which again was such a shot it was so fresh and people love it
0: huh i said people love it i mean i haven't seen yeah. much of it but I a lot it. of people really love that period i
2: loved it, and
1: okay, it uh-
0: but Pete, one last thing because you mentioned the, the sst was that the time where buddy roberts would dress like an islander when he ma- managed them yeah i thought that was
1: yeah.
0: awesome i yeah. loved that Okay. Yeah.
2: Go, please. I'm sorry. And so, uh, and then Embry uh, did the thing and came on board. And he went from a mid-level heel to when he got booking power uh, to become the top babyface in the company. One of
0: the most unlikely babyfaces
2: yeah. of all
0: time is Eric yeah. fucking Embry. Yeah, he went from what? playing a
2: homosexual character uh, to uh, Eric Embry, lead babyface, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Fun stuff became more. Uh, memphis style wrestling on uh, mm-hmm.
3: yeah. but he he was great at being the man of the people yeah um right people's champion lunchbox lunchbox guy that's not hard uh, to do look at him he like, looks total. he looks
0: he looks like a construction worker
3: yeah because yeah. i i didn't get it either when i was a kid I was reading about it in the magazines and I couldn't understand why this guy was the top guy <laughs> and why the magazines are writing so much about him. Yeah, but I wasn't when getting I, that. T-
2: yeah, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I was like, and got, like what yeah, the hell? Where's the Von Eriks? Yeah.
3: Yeah, but when you actually watch some of it, and I haven't seen hardly any, but I've seen some and some of the promos, you really understand why he got over because he totally had a really real connection with the fans. Yeah. Yeah um they totally bought into them as as their one of their one of their own basically yep
0: and it was Pete I mean how long is it you're gonna get to it but because Embry was a part of how long before you mentioned the Memphis style how long before Jerry Jarrett buys it and they isn't embry and Pringle involved in that angle yeah. I have seen where they changed the name in the story?
2: yeah no yeah no it's uh really short afterwards I think it's ninety and by the time uh it's no,
3: 89 is the uh, the final match. It was um, Embry against uh, P.Y. High for control of the company. P.Y. Chu I think that was <laughs> – which was Phil Hickerson doing right. a, I love
0: like, that. A Japanese so thinking of racist setting. gimmicks, yeah.
3: It, okay. yeah
0: uh, I, no, I, 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 hold on a second. I am going to defend – or try to defend P.Y. Chuhai.
2: You can't. I'm not, I'm not going to die on that branch because I no, can No, no, less. just because this.
0: It's so ridiculously stupid that this is clearly a big, fat, white guy. Phil Higgerson, who, by the way, the first time I, I saw Phil Higgerson, I was visiting my aunt and my cousin's in Kentucky, and I was like, oh, I get to watch Memphis Wrestling, and I see Phil Hickerson, who I'd never heard of because he wasn't in the magazines. I'm like, who the fuck is this fat piece of shit? And I hated Phil Hickerson. And then later, I got to watch the good stuff and go, oh, Phil Hickerson's a big, fat dude. He's also fucking awesome. But him becomes a PY2 high. I guess the thing is, it's racist and world-class because they're like, he's actually Japanese. But in Memphis, you had Lance Russell going, oh, come on! That's just Phil Heckerson made up in makeup. It's it's ridic- it, they would shit on it that way, which I thought was fun, but I guess you know, maybe it's racist and, and they're like he's actually Japanese. It's so stupid.
3: Sorry, but yeah, that was for the control of the company. That was August of '89, where they, yeah. after Embry won, they took down the World Class banner, and it was in the Sportatorium. Yep, took down the World Class banner. And did they replace it with the USWA one? Yes. Um, Maybe not, but that's what it be. uh, Yes. Okay. Uh, Because that's what it. That's what the promotion be. It became combined. At first, it was combined Memphis and. Yeah,
2: yeah, then we call it USWA Um, Texas. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but Jerry Jarrett had behind the scenes legit bought world class. Yeah, and then he'd send they take a
2: bus from Memphis and do TV down there. Yeah, a bus
3: because Fritz. Fritz had already given the company over to Carrie and Kevin and they just ran it into the ground basically. And they were still partying like crazy, doing like doing drugs like crazy. And Jared bought the company from Carrie and Kevin. And then that's where USWA goes or starts and goes from there.
0: That's Fritz. That's Fritz being an asshole right there. He was like, Boys, you're in charge now. I don't give a shit. He knew full well these two motherfuckers couldn't run a business. What the fuck is that? That's fucking.
3: Yeah. That's
0: fucking. dirty. Did, that did well, yeah. You know, it's like come on. Really? Fritz.
3: Fritz. Yeah, Fritz was done with wrestling. He'd been in it for decades, and he was making a lot of money in real estate. He didn't need wrestling as, as far as like a business anymore. Can you and, imagine? Yeah, Vir- can you, it,
0: you imagine Fritz it, von Erich in a red blazer? You know, showing you a house.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> he wasn't a real estate agent. Oh, I'm sorry. He, stole, he owned. I, I see. Mean, no, he owned a lot of properties. <laughs> like think, he was, think, like, think rich,
1: John. Think bigger, okay? <laughs>
3: It was that bad, like he had to take a job as a yeah. It you know, shit
0: the bed. The whole thing is shit the bed. Like he's got, his, he's got his, he's in a red blazer. With his picture. I'm on. going
3: back to school,
0: boys, to get my my real estate <laughs> his, yeah, his his picture is on his own bus benches in in, in Dallas.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. My name is Fritz von no, Erich, and I'm going to get master. you into it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you want to start winding
3: this down? Um,
2: I think we should.
3: Yeah, I just, I just wanted to mention a couple things as far as like what we're not going to see. Because, I mean, on the network, it goes until the end of '88, correct? As far as yeah. the footage Either goes, they I don't is. have any. They don't have any of the '1989. So
0: potentially we going for years. No, because then it probably goes into those murky who-owns-fucking-Memphis footage uh, legal yeah. issues, uh, I would imagine. It's
3: maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think it goes to October 88, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we're going to miss the the match that was voted number one on the oh yeah, DVD Terry Gordy-Killer-Con, Texas
2: <laughs> Death Match. Oh, yeah. that's a great match. That's yeah. a great match.
3: Oh, uh, I think probably only a few months after we stopped, right? Yeah. Pete, I'm not sure the exact date. It was in 80s. Oh uh, no, it was
2: like, I think we had a whole year in the making of it. A year? Or, really?
3: Oh, really? really. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, because really, they were okay. just starting
2: thought, the tease of the Con thing. I think it was at the end of the year. Wait, they did a okay. slow burn. But
3: yeah, I day. think it was still in 84. Wait, yeah. Wait.
2: Yeah, I thought it was like December of 84, like a Star Wars show. Okay. Hold on a second. They
0: did okay. a slow burn uh, okay. of the Killer Con turn on the Freebirds? That's not nice. a slow burn, but... Oh. I, I assume when we saw him with the Freebirds one of those last shows we did, I assumed we were going to see him turn on them within a month. <laughs> it didn't fit. He should be in Devastation Incorporated.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the timeline, but I have seen that match. It's awesome. Everybody should track it down. Carry Terry uh, Gordy versus so Killer Con. Um, Kerry Von Eric's the referee for it. It's it's, yep. it's, it's really good stuff. Um, as far as the business declining, I just wanted to mention the last time they sold out Reunion Arena was the Christmas Star Wars for 1984, which um. had a, a Kerry Von Erich versus Ric Flair title match rematch so you can see why that would be a big draw still considering uh Kerry Beat Flair Hey guys can you you so, guys can, uh, can you think
2: yeah. you finish this up without me
3: Yeah uh you got to right. go Pete I yeah, feel like I'm feeling okay. about the throw up uh, oh, Okay well then that's
0: well, you the, go do that and we'll no keep talking need to leave
3: Okay Okay see
0: you Pete Okay see here's oh, what happened Jesus. Pete grew up Pete grew up watching World Class. He's from Texas. You know, and you you're not from Texas, but Pete he is from Texas. And just all this talk about how shitty this his once beloved World Class becomes, not to mention all the tragedies. Would you expect any other reaction for him to, you know, blow chunks? <laughs>
1: The thoughts that filled my mind were as a boy. Then one day, something in my childish mind drove me astray. But as a man, love and hate
0: for me, they somehow mean the same.
1: Who will give blame to any child who's born into a world of shame? says goodbye you made me cry I tried to find somewhere peace of mind but it's too late
3: oh it's too late for now I know that hate kills a man uh, I, mean, I don't blame well, him let's hope let, let's hope Pete's doing okay but maybe that's apropos for how we're we ending things here, Johnny? That's my favorite. Um, now Dude, we're, we're down if, to
0: just if this two. Is finish, if this, this is finish, This is two. This is our thing. Fi- no, we're one by one. We're dying. Parv poisoned all of us, and one by one, we're dying on the
1: air.
0: <laughs> is what's gonna happen. You're you're up next, motherfucker, because I'm the one. This is continuing the podcast. Yeah, that's what's happening here.
3: This is like um, watch out, buddy. In- Avengers, of, Avengers, of Finio- Infinity War. We're slowly fading away. Yeah, I, I can feel back. it, Johnny. I'm starting to fade away. Right, I'm, right. I'm scared, Johnny. It's, it's okay. I'm, it's getting cold. It's okay. um, um, what What else can we say? We've done seven years of podcasting. Together. Seven years, buddy. Seven great. years.
0: Hold on, Peter. Oh, wait, Kelly. How come Spider-Man?
3: I'm still here.
0: How come Spider-Man was the only one who, who the, the, the the ash fade out took a while, <laughs> so they could have their touching scene. Everyone else was like,
3: "Well, snap. the explanation I read is that because of his spider sense, he felt it earlier than everybody else."
0: Okay, you know what? He I, felt that he was, was
3: fading away. I was
0: about I was about to shit on that, and then I took a deep breath. And realized that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect yeah. sense. That makes. And by the way, if anyone wants to hear us talk about Spider-Man for eighteen hours, somewhere out there is imaginary <laughs> stories. The podcast me and Kelly did I mentioned before? Um, there's some there's some fun shit. It's deep deep nerd dive in the comic book shit. And uh, you know it there's that it's fun. And they're like, if you think that two grown men. Can't talk about Archie comics for six and a half hours. You sir <laughs> are wrong. <laughs> Check them out for those of you who haven't. Uh, no, to so I'm going into plug mode here. It wasn't.
3: Uh, it wasn't. Of course, <laughs> it wasn't six and a half hours. Uh, we're not uh, they goddamn were they Dixon Zelnar. For Christ's sake,s no, we no. we always kept it. we Much kept more it under handsome. four hours. Much more <laughs> um yeah well it's all you now johnny i'm 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 done yeah it's me
0: and um uh because i still just love podcasts and you have you you know you got your techno div codes and you burn out in wrestling we do wrestling i get it i i honestly think you'll just need a break and when things get better because like, you're so creative some of the side projects you've done like the, the, that madison square garden podcast was uh tits it was so good, and a lot of your solo stuff was so good. I, I think you're gonna, you're, you're gonna eventually, you know, you're gonna come up with some sort of project to share because you're a very artistic person, very smart person, and you're gonna need to express that in some manner. So I expect to hear something from you, Pete. I just uh, he's dead apparently, so you know, God bless him. You heaven needed a champion. It's another Texas tragedy. Just one death after another. He's lying on Will's DVDs. Cursing his name. Heaven needed a champion. And Pete was his name.
3: it was beautiful it was very beautiful and thank you for the kind words Johnny mm-hmm. yes who knows I mean yeah I, I did love making all these podcasts that's for sure but right now yeah like I've said comic books that's my mm-hmm. my way of deal, dealing with uh, the shit I get of it. No, I've been I'm going back the... to my going back to my first love
0: I've been doing the same thing. Um, I
3: watched
0: the other night. I knew I didn't have time to watch it all, but I was just like, I just need to watch something to make me fucking happy. I watched like the first half an hour of Superman, the movie from '78. <laughs> and just through that entire oh, yeah. intro, which is the entire theme song, they do, do all the credits. It's like, it feels like a 10 minute opening credit sequence because they play the entire Superman song while all the. Yeah. But, yeah, and I just sat yeah. there staring at it, going, "Ah, this feels good." Until until it got to JorEl in the Fortress of Solitude, going, "Oh, I'm teaching you whatever." I'm like, oh, I, hate, I hated this when I was. Okay, I'm back. Yeah. hey, there he is. He's back from <laughs> oh, the dead. Oh, geez. <laughs> needed a champion? Why well, I didn't throw up so. But they said, no Oh, that's good. That's but I think good. maybe that, I've done you know, this knowing that
3: up, you buddy. may have died.
2: I'm, yeah, they yeah. are scared. <laughs> no, no, I, you, my, my dinner didn't set off sitting with me. So. What did you eat? <laughs> Some salmon.
0: Uh, you got to be careful that fish. <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay. Well, I'll say thank you to everyone. Everyone has listened Everybody. over the years, yep, uh, even the haters, this, this has been a blast.
0: Wait, wait, hold on a second. Do have haters, yeah,
3: there was never many. Yeah, one <laughs> who remember what do you used to call you,
0: Johnny. <laughs> oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was thinking of world cast. I was thinking, I don't think anyone said you asshole suck. Oh, we had, Oh, oh, the guy who called me. <laughs> okay, one more time. The guy who called me a cum gargling Jew. Yeah, and I <laughs> love that guy too because that's what Jesus would do. Because I got, because we had a fun. gross. Sorry. Yeah. <sighs>
2: Salty. yeah, I want to thank all everyone who's ever listened. I want to thank Johnny and Kelly for being great co-hosts with me.
0: Thank you. Uh,
2: want to say nice thanks for you. par with Titans yep. and uh, Tim uh, for this week in wrestling I had a great run with him too. I mean, it's just great, you know, great things come to an end. So, uh, you know, really the same if, one of them, but you know, you know, great things do come to an end. I'm, I'm <laughs> proud of uh, whatever content I, people enjoyed it. What I could give you. So I
0: know, thanks. You're welcome. Thank you everyone. And please, um one last thing uh, check out all the shows we still got here on the palm network um the gideon guys that i'm doing with uh travis when we talk about dc's ledges of tomorrow is a lot of fun check it out we've got uh, boom goes done the T- there's tons and tons and tons of shows check them all out just because we're going away doesn't mean you shouldn't be supporting us and uh, throw us a few bucks so we can keep the lights on in this place and uh, i want to give a heartfelt thank you heartfelt thank you to everyone who's listened to us and supported us this in these entire seven years, this has been the one thing I always can count on and look forward to no matter how dark my days are. And I know, you know, when, when we're not, we're going to podcast anymore. We're still going to fucking stay in touch. That's just yeah, what happens. Cause uh, I made two great friends uh, in, in this uh, process. And uh, so thank you to all everyone who's listening. Thank you to Pete and Kelly. And, um, well, I'll talk to you next
3: time. It is Kerry Von Eric with us. Next week, Brian, you have Terry Gordy. That's right, Bill. Next week, Terry Gordy and I, they wouldn't sign a contract with Kerry Von Erick or any of the Von Ericks, so I've asked Kerry to be my manager. He
2: hadn't only asked me, I am going to be his manager, and I hopefully, I hope to God that Michael Hayes decides to be Terry Gordy's manager because when he comes out, I'm going to give him the... Texas tail whipping he ever had in his life and baby I'm going to give him everything I got man and Michael Hayes I hope you show up out there because me and my buddy Brian here we're going to take you and Michael Hayes and we're going to send you back to Georgia now you're ready just a second in the corner yeah that's all I am just a second man but if there's any interference baby I'll be there and I'm sure you feel better about having him around I sure will
0: I'm Bill Mercer Good night. My heartaches and troubles are just up and gone The moment that you come in view And with your hand in mine, dear I could dance on and on And I could waltz across Texas with you across Texas with you in my arms Waltz across Texas with you Like a story book ending I'm lost in your charms and I could waltz across
1: Texas with you
3: Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship scheduled for one fall or two curfew. Gather together from the cosmic reaches of the universe here in this
0: great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled.
3: The lost of the titans. In the passion
0: and death of their struggle, the very art that had raised them to such Olympian heights
3: was lost. Their techniques vanished. Referee giving instructions here to both principals, and this should be one whale of a match to wind up things here in Madison Square Garden. Well, hello everyone, and welcome once again to the Titans of Wrestling. Uh, I'm Pav, and I'm uh, back with the Fab Four. Uh, that's Pete. How are you doing, Pete? Oh,
2: man, I'm doing fantastic, brother. You know, we just finished up 86, and we're building it to one of my favorite feuds, which is the, is the Steamboat Savage stuff. So I'm really looking forward to tonight's episode.
3: Kelly, how are you doing? Well, just like Pete said, 1987, man. I was uh, eight, no, I was nine years old, and I was watching every week. This is fun stuff, and yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, Johnny,
0: how are you doing, Johnny? I'm doing okay. I just don't know, man. I see that honky-tonk man guy on TV. I just have this psychic feeling he's going to cause me to stop watching wrestling. I don't know what it is, but I've been having all kinds of weird things like that. I had a crazy dream last night that we had stopped doing Titans, and me and Pete and Kelly we're doing a podcast called world cast where we went over every going over every episode of world-class championship wrestling, you know, the, the fucking Von Erichs, the ones that all died, you know, uh, and, uh, it was wild, dude. know, it was, it was so weird. Everything seemed so repetitive. they you ever had those dreams just go on and on and on and just seems so repetitive. It was like that. The same matches over and over and over. And the announcing, was it was giving me night terrors. And then I woke up clutching my pillow, man. It was crazy. Couldn't wait to tell you about it.